Jesus bless. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. The book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. The Bible says, For as the rain cometh down and snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Praise God. With the help of the Lord, I'll share a message with the title, The Power of the Word of God. Very simple, but always important. Amen. The Power of the Word of God. I just want to put the spotlight on the Bible, the Word of God. So God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and he states that just as water and snow come down from above and bless the earth, so too the word of God which comes from even higher from his throne and from his mouth will bless the soul. In other words, just think about it. Have you noticed one thing, that the earth that we live in is totally dependent for its earthly blessings, for things that come from above? Yeah, just think about it. Rainfall. Rain comes from above. Praise God. What about sunshine? <laughs> it also comes from above. Praise God. This earth would be nothing without the blessings that come from above. So from a natural viewpoint, God has so ordained that human beings, even for their natural blessings, need to look up. They look up to the clouds for rain. Without rain, we don't have food. Without sunshine, we would freeze to death. So in his wisdom, God placed the clouds above us. He placed the sun above us. So that we will also look beyond the clouds and the sun to receive blessings for our soul from the word of God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So. This is an eternal principle, if you will. The earth is dependent on things above for its day-to-day -day functioning. Amen. Like I said, just consider the sun. What would life be on earth without sunshine? The truth is, the earth would actually be useless without sunshine, without rain be useless. 
And once we understand this, we can appreciate James chapter 1 and verse 17. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Praise God. Every good gift, every perfect gift, I'm speaking of even earthly blessings. God placed them above to remind us that God is above, so to speak. He sits in his throne. He expects us to look up and to ask for more than sunshine, more than rainfall, to go beyond the clouds and the sun and to approach the throne of God through prayer, praise God. The throne of God, the mouth of God is accessible through prayer, praise Jesus. Humans were made to look up. Jesus said, when you see all these things begin to happen, look up, lift your heads, for your deliverance draweth nigh. To stop looking up is to die. To stop expecting blessings from above is to die. And that is why atheism is a sin in the eyes of God. Atheism says there is no God, we are self-sufficient. The world is what we make it, our lives are what we make it. And they don't look up above. And that's why it is a grievous sin in the eyes of God. But thank God that we who call on the name of Jesus, we are a people who look up. We are people who believe that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. Praise God. Let me tell you, beyond the sunshine, beyond the rain, when we keep ascending in prayer, we reach the throne of God. And from the mouth of God comes the word of God. The word of God is the water that waters the soul. It is the rain that waters the soul. Praise God. Think about it. We look up to the clouds for rain. And we should look up to the throne of Jesus in order to receive water for our souls. Amen. You know why we are here today for this Bible study? Because we need water for our souls. We don't want to become dry and parched. We don't want to become a desert landscape. We don't want to become cracked and useless. We want our souls to be watered like the Garden of Eden by the Word of God. Somebody say, Amen. Praise God. Do you know this is what the Word of God does to your soul? A Christian who ignores the Word of God is a Christian who will become a desert 
God have mercy. Have you ever considered a landscape that is dry and parched and basically useless? You know, it, it, it looks terrible. I'm trying to uh, share my screen and I hope to show you a picture just, I mean, you've seen these pictures. I don't know if that can be done, Sister Hymenot. But the point is, when you think about a desert landscape, thank you for making me the host. I'll just see again if I can uh, find it. For some reason, I can't seem to minimize my window. I can't seem to do much, but uh, that's okay. We'll leave it there maybe and I'll see once again when I try to minimize. It says you cannot minimize Zoom when you're recording this meeting. Uh, okay, we'll leave it at that. So the point is that a parched and dry landscape is a terrible thing. It really uh, is, you know, I, I was trying to find a picture that is just cracked and, you know, a barren landscape where nothing grows, which is just parched. There's no life forms. All life forms abandon such a land. If you think about it now, our soul will become a desert. If we do not understand the importance of hearing the word of God, of being exposed to the word of God, you look at different landscapes on this earth. Look at the variation. It's incredible. There are some places that just are so lush. The vegetation is just so beautiful. And the vegetation sustains all, all kinds of life forms. It's amazing. And then suddenly, you see the places where, thank you, Sister look at this parched landscape. There's nothing that grows there. All life forms abandon it. This will be the condition of the soul that neglects the word of Jesus, that neglects the Bible. Think about it. If we neglect the word of God, this will be the state of our souls. And we will not be able to sustain any life forms there. We will be dead. And a dead land cannot support any life. But if we are watered, remember what the Bible is, what God told Isaiah? My word which goes forth from his mouth will not return void unto me. Amen. Just like the rain from the clouds never returns void. It blesses the earth. Have you seen those uh, documentaries uh, with uh, uh, David Attenborough amongst others? And, you know, it's just fantastic when you see the desert place or, or even semi-arid landscapes like the Maasai Mara in Kenya. When, you know, all forms of life are basically teetering on the brink. They're about to die. Many die. 
because they're thirsty, there's no water, they cannot hunt, and then suddenly the rains come, the clouds gather, lightning, thunder, water, and then life begins to bloom again. Isn't it beautiful? And then you see lush grass, the wildebeest come back, the zebras come back, and before long, everything is fat and flourishing. The cycle of life. In the same way, if we allow our souls to be showered with the word of God, we will become a garden of Eden. We will sustain many life forms for Jesus. We will be blessed and others will come to us to receive of the blessings that we have. But if we don't have the word of God, we will be a parched desert landscape with nothing growing there. And I'm, I'm afraid to say for some souls it is it becomes too late. They become like the desert. And I'm speaking about the Sahara Desert and the Gobi Desert and the Kalahari Desert where nothing can really ever grow again. When a person is far too gone when a person has become Judas-like, God have mercy. That's why, brothers and sisters, we need to desperately stay in the house of God. We need to respect the word of God. We need to... Uh, is there anybody who doesn't respect rain and sunshine? I think you would be hard-pressed to find somebody who says, oh, I hate, I don't want rain and I don't want sunshine. That would be a totally abnormal person. In the same way, a person who does not understand the value of the word of God. We have not just gathered here today because it's become a routine. Because it's just something we do because we have nothing else to do. In fact, whatever else we have to do, we sideline it. Because we don't want to become a desert. We want our souls to be watered by the word of God. And without the word of God, the soul becomes parched and dry. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 42 and verse 1. I think today my message is to encourage those who have a habit of reading the word of God, meditating on it, and to warn those who are slowly losing this habit. God have mercy. May we understand the importance of the word of God. You know, a farmer does not need to be reminded about the importance of rain and sunshine. There's no farmer in the world who needs to be reminded. I mean, they educate themselves about the seasons, about the rain and the, uh, you know, daylight hours, etc. They're experts because their crops depend on it. Their lives depend on it. In Psalm 42 verse 1, David said, As the heart panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee, O God. Oh, praise God. As the heart panted after the water brooks. Do you know that when the deer has been running 
fast and boy they can run really fast they they desperately must get water otherwise they will die it's a matter of life and death and that's why the deer often comes to the water source although it knows that very often at that point it is most vulnerable to predators but what can it do you know the lions and the cheetahs and they always come to the water hole isn't it in the desert because they know at some point or the other the deer the deer runs fast i can't catch the deer but but why don't you be smart and go to the water hole and the deer will come there so david said as a heart panted for the waters water brook so panted my soul after the yoga i pray and i want to encourage you people of god man of god woman of god keep up the good habit of watering your soul with the word of god we don't know what the word of god does in our souls just as we didn't know for years what water rainfall does to a parched landscape the the incredible and intricate ecosystem that it sustains the condition of the soul without the word of god is a miserable one such was the condition of the soul of king saul when he no longer heard a word from god king saul constantly rebelled and attacked the word of god and so finally he experienced a terrible famine of the word of god in his soul because the bible states in the book of first samuel chapter 28 verses 6 and 7 First Samuel, chapter twenty-eight, verses six and seven. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit. that i may go to her and inquire of her and his servant said unto him behold there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at endor just think about it. saul was so desperate his soul became a parched desert landscape he could not bear it any longer you know when a person is used to the word of god and then you no longer hear the word of god it's like a person who is living in a famine situation desperate you become desperate then you are willing to drink anything i beg you who are listening to me please understand how blessed you are to hear the word of god the word of god is raining down upon your soul and is doing so many wonderful things in your life but if we don't understand what the word of god is doing 
we may end up like King Saul. King Saul was so thirsty. He didn't hear from God. His soul was aching. His soul was in misery. He was surrounded as king by prophets. He was surrounded by scribes. The word of God was available in abundance. And yet, this man was living in a desert. He was dying a famine of the word of God. God have mercy upon us. I'm speaking to people who have become very used to the word of God. I need us today to pray. To say, Lord, do not let us see a famine in our lifetime of the word of God. Because that famine is the worst famine. It is because people today are experiencing a famine of the word of God. That is why they go to witch doctors. That is why they go to evil people. That is why they speak to astrologers, soothsayers, diviners, palmists, necromancers. You may wonder, what kind of crazy people are these? Well, when they no longer heard from God, because they were rebellious, they were determined to live in evil like King Saul, then they ended up in that condition. God have mercy. So we don't want a famine of the word of God. It is bad enough when there is a famine, a real famine, I mean, a, earth, a famine of this earth, but we cannot in any form or fashion ever countenance entertain a famine of the word. May God deliver us from a famine of the word. Amen. When the word of God is richly available to us, then we need to rejoice. We need to thank God. We need to know that there are indeed showers of blessings falling upon our souls. Amen. Let us turn to the book of Amos. Amos, the prophet Amos, chapter 8 and verse 11. Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. The Bible says in the book of Amos 8 and 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Somebody say, God have mercy. Let it not happen in my lifetime, Jesus. He said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in them, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. May I suggest to you today, and I say this with a heavy heart, that we have young people in our midst who are living in our midst where there is an abundance of the word of God, showers of the word of God falling. But some of them have decided that they don't need this. They are rather willing to go to immerse themselves in the words and the chatter of the world, social media, their friends, 
and they ignore the word of God. They don't want to come when the people of God come together and gather to hear the word of God. They think it's uh, cumbersome. They think it's uh, boring. You know what? They will not end up any different than King Saul. The Bible tells us what happens when people do not want to hear the word of God. Then God will cause a famine of his word in their lives until they repent. But the Bible says of King Saul, he went to the witch of Endor. Whenever you see people who are involved in the occult, remember these are people who rebelled against God. And now they're experiencing a famine, so they go to the witch of Endor. That is what is happening. Stay away from these people. Have nothing to do with them. When they tell you that they're going to, uh, to read some uh, tarot cards or whatever they call them, these uh, natal charts, stay away. Tell them, I am not experiencing a famine of the word of God. I have the word of God. Every day I hear the word of God. Jesus speaks to me. I go to church. I hear the wonderful preaching of the word of God. Why should I go to you, witch of Endo? There's no famine of the word of God in my life, praise God. May we be a people who are always rich with the word of God. God said his word, which comes from his mouth, will not return void. It will bless us. Praise God. We come to God to hear his word because we believe it will bless us. Whenever the word of God comes to you, say, Jesus, you promise your word will not return to you void, but it will bless me before it returns to you. Amen. Because God said, it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. God always sends his word to accomplish something and to prosper. Amen. So right now you're hearing the word of God. Believe that God has sent his word to accomplish something and for his word to prosper in our lives. Hallelujah. I receive it in Jesus' name. I believe the word of God will not return until it blesses me. It blesses me. Praise God. So we are talking about the power of the word of God. Let us rejoice. Let us express our gratitude to the Lord Jesus for the abundance of his word that we richly enjoy. God will only allow his word to return to him after it accomplishes his task after it blesses the people of God. Amen. Do you believe that? You know, some people come to hear the word of God like some duty. You know, they're not comfortable with it. It's like something they have to do. God forbid. I can tell you that when I wake up, there are some things I have to do with the years you know, it, it becomes a little boring, but you know you have to do it. Like I have to go and brush my teeth. <laughs> Forgive me for saying that. 
If you're a person who jumps up and says, wow, I love to go and brush my teeth, God bless you. But I'm beginning to sense over the years this is becoming a chore. It's like, ah, okay, let's get it over with. I pray this will not be the case with the word of God. Amen. Let's not approach the word of God with this mentality. Ah, I've got to uh, open the Bible. Mm, it's tough. But let's get it over with. Are you with me? That would be a tragedy, brothers and sisters. We must rejoice at the word of God. We must understand it's going to bless our souls. We will grow. Hallelujah. We will be happier. We will be wiser. We will be blessed. God will give you more wisdom. God will protect you from evil. Praise God. And we'll also find a way to try to be cheerful about brushing our teeth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible records countless such promises which never return empty to God. How many times did God send his word and it returned with blessings? For example, the word of God was sent to give Abraham a land and a people. I know today those people are struggling and there's many problems. You turn on the news, Israel, 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 Israel. The whole world burdens itself with Israel. As Zechariah chapter 12 and chapter 14 prophesies. God has put them in the center of the world affairs. And we see that. But one thing we cannot deny, God's word did not return empty unto him. God gave Abraham children and God gave him a land. God also sent his word to take the children of Israel out of bondage and to the land that flows with milk and honey. And we know the word of God did not return void. God sent his word to raise the Messiah from the seed of David. And we know the word of God did not return unto him empty. God sent his word and he said, I will return the exile of the children of Israel from Babylon after 70 years. And we know the word of God did not return unto him void. God sent his word and he said, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And we know the word of God did not return unto him empty. We can go on and on and on and on. Are you with me? We need to expose ourselves to the word of God. Imagine rain falls and the farmer covers his feet. He says, I don't want rain on my... You know, we cover our bodies. You know, we put umbrellas. We don't want rain to fall on us. But don't put up an umbrella and don't wear a raincoat and rain shoes to keep the word of God out of your life in Jesus' name. Say, I need to get soaked in the word of God. When it's raining word of God, there was that weird song, for some reason it's still ringing in my head, it's raining men, they said. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's sad. It should be, it's raining the word of God. I will go out and get soaked in the word of God. Hallelujah. We don't put up an umbrella against the word of God. 
Let it rain, Jesus. Rain in my soul, Jesus. Hallelujah. Rain in my soul. Hallelujah. I'm going out to get wet. Thoroughly wet in the word of God. May you get wet in the word of God. May you be drenched in the word of God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I'm afraid some people today have become victims of the flood of vain words in this world today. Much of the speech, much of the conversations going on in this world and particular through social media are vain. Those words accomplish nothing. They only exacerbate the void in people's lives. They exacerbate jealousy, envy, and all forms of foolishness. Don't spend too much time there. Let's get wet in the word of God. It's raining the word of God and we should go out and receive the word of God. Do you still have complete faith in the power of the word of God? Can we thank him for a moment for the shower of blessings from his word? I'm speaking today about the word of God, the power of the word of God, respecting it, appreciating it, knowing that it's a great blessing to just hear the word of God. I want to encourage those of you who read your Bibles every day. Please continue. Because the word of God, the moment you make it available to your soul, it does wonders. You, you are, we are not even aware what it's accomplishing. Remember Moses? He spent time with God. With God means what? With the word of God. What happened to him when he came down? He was shining. The children of Israel couldn't look at him. Praise God. He was shining. You know what's the opposite? If somebody's talking with the devil and they come down, I mean, what am I going to say? Definitely no light, just evil. I don't want to spend time with somebody who has been talking with Satan. I want to spend time with somebody who is reading the Bible. Everyone here is a Moses if you're reading your Bible. When you close your Bible, people should see you're shining. I'm, amen. Because the word of God has been deposited in our souls. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We can be Moseses for people. Our faces can, faces can shine. Because the word of God enters into us. And makes us shine. Praise God. Let's continue. So, there is real and serious power in the word of God. Can you say amen? There is real and serious power in the word of God. When King Jehoshaphat sent teachers to teach the word of God throughout Judah, the Bible states that his enemies did not make war against him. Let me repeat this. It may surprise you. We're going to read the scripture. When King Jehoshaphat sent teachers to teach the word of God throughout Judah, the Bible states his enemies did not make war against him. How did that happen? Well, when the word of God comes from the mouth of God, 
and people listen and respect it. Then the word goes further to the enemies and frightens them. Stay away from Jehoshaphat and Judah. Because they are reading my word. They are listening to the Bible. You see? It's amazing. Let's read the scripture. From 2 Chronicles chapter 17 verses 8, 9 and 10. I want to show you some secrets from the word of God. Is somebody here being troubled? There are many enemies around you. Eh? One day you the Amalekites, you fight them. Then they go away. Then the Ammonites pop up. And after that, you fight them. And then suddenly you turn to the left and the Amorites. You see, Amalekites, Ammonites. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're all of them. They're all cousins. And we, we haven't even gone to B. We're just still on the list of A's. Yeah? Amalekites, Ammonites. And uh, what was the last one I said? So all these people here basically was surrounding Judah and troubling Judah. And, and then suddenly all of them come together. Sometimes the devil fights us in the same way. He may send the Amorites after a little while, the Ammonites, Amalekites, and then the Ammonites, Am Am Amorites, frustrates us, troubles us. You know what you should do? Just hear the word of God. Study the word of God. Receive the teaching of the word. Let's turn to 2 Chronicles 17 verses 8, 9, and 10. I read, and with them, this is Jehoshaphat, he sent Levites, even Shemaiah and Nathaniah and Zebadiah and Asahel and Shemiramoth and Jehonathan and Adonijah and Tobijah and Tobadonijah, Levites, and with them Elishama and Jehoram, priests. What did they do? Verse 9. They taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them and went about throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people, praise God. Verse 10, and the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Can somebody shout hallelujah? You know, right now, while we are studying the word of God, I'm telling you, there is an angel probably going around you and kicking out some demon near your house in Jesus' name. Saying, get lost. Give Sister Comfort, Brother Shepherd, peace to hear the word of God. Amen. So, sometimes we are wasting our time fighting our problems. All we need to do is come and hear the word of God. Study the word of God as we are doing today. And the Bible, and the Bible says, God did not allow their enemies to fight against them. In Jesus' name, praise them. Hallelujah. Maybe Israel, you see, those young people, I don't want to blame them, don't misunderstand me, but what I, as far as I know, before the Hamas came and took them, the hostages, they were at a big party. Eh? What was it called? The name of the party? Some supernova. Supernova. Think about it. Uh, what a terribly named uh, event. Because there was another supernova coming from Hamas. And uh, I think, wouldn't it have been nice if they were praying and calling on the name of Jesus? Praise God. I believe God would send an angel and take care of Hamas. You know, when we are busy with things we should not be busy with, the enemy gets strength. The enemy is empowered. The enemy can do many bad things to us.
But if I'm studying the Bible, reading the word of God, you know why I love to come to church and I'm always present where the word of God is? Because this is how God fights my battles. This is how I have a blessed life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> God will protect my brain, my mind. He will give me peace. Hallelujah. Even if somebody is trying to trouble me, God will give me, he will provide a, a shield of peace, a cocoon of peace. Praise God. Ah, the word of God is my shield, my buckler. He's my defense. Hallelujah. I don't need a defense minister. Jesus is my defense minister. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, Jehoshaphat was a smart man. Let me tell you. I'll tell you a true story. 20 years ago in India, we had a program with Bishop Solomon. He can verify this. We would travel often, for maybe four days at least of preaching, traveling different places, taking the trains. It really was a serious traveling ministry. And I enjoyed it. I dedicated myself to it. I used to come home just to sleep and rest, and then we were off again. Bible, 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 nothing else. And guess what? One day, Bishop Solomon told me, go ahead, I'll join you. You take the first train. I'm a bit late. It was like a four hours journey from Mumbai, Kalyan, to a place called uh, uh, Akurdi, uh, Pune. Four hours rough. We have Bible study. Was it Friday or something? So I remember I sat in the train, had my Bible, my everything, clothes for the weekend, sitting in the train, enjoying the scenery, praising the Lord. And then I reached the place and later Brother Solomon comes, but he was quite late. So I asked him, what happened? He actually told me, it's weird because your train actually drove over a bomb which was placed in the tracks. So my train was supposed to be blown up, but nothing happened. And after our train left and later his train came, they stopped his train and they found a bomb. So the miracle was God protected my train. <laughs> it didn't blow up. Why? Because I'm going to do the work of God. I was going to preach the gospel of salvation. So Jesus took care of that bomb. Amen. I know I would have died many times had it not been for the work of God. So it is true. There is power in the word of God. Say there is power in the word of God. Just listening to the word of God will bless you. Bless God will bless your ears in Jesus. He will bless your soul, your body for receiving the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Believe it in Jesus. Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Don't leave this habit. There are good habits you should never leave. And hearing the word of God is the number one good habit. There is no habit better than that. No habit. Praise God. Of all good habits, it's number one. Praise God. May God continue to bless your ears to hear his word. As you hear his word, God will fight your enemies as he did with Jehoshaphat. All Jehoshaphat did is he sent teachers of the word of God all over Judah. 
They are not fighters. They are not soldiers. They are Levites. They are scribes, teachers. As they were teaching, God put fear in the enemy. That's why I tell people, leave, leave other people. You come and hear the word of God. You come to church. Leave them. This is, you say, what is your, how are we going to deal with this problem? Yes, we have a nuclear bomb. Nuclear bomb, what? Come to church. Hear the word of God. You will see what God will do. Amen. So, all we need to do is hear the word of God. You know why the guy died when Paul was preaching? Because he's not hearing the word of God. <laughs> Sorry, God bless him. The apostle Paul prayed for him. Why do you think that story is in the Bible? God wants us to say, don't when the word of God is being preached, please don't go to sleep in Jesus. It's dangerous. Imagine the guy, you meet him in heaven and say, how did you die? He says, ah, you know, I was in church and uh, I went to sleep and I fell down. Oh my goodness. You must have had a terribly boring preacher. Uh, no, actually it was the apostle Paul. <laughs> how about that? Yeah. How about that? He was sleeping when the Apostle Paul was preaching. And somebody tells me maybe I'm boring when I preach. Well, uh, yeah, I've seen some people go to sleep when I'm preaching. But I'm not the Apostle Paul. If somebody goes to sleep when the Apostle Paul is preaching, you can die. It's another apostolic doctrine, praise God. <laughs> Stay awake. Respect the word of God. There is power in the word of God. Can we teach each other that? You know, one habit I have, I was even sharing with the church in Norway and I want to share with you. Listen, I really fear the word of God. I'm not saying this to promote myself. If I can teach you anything, it is this. When the word of God is being spoken, I don't want to lose concentration. I don't want to talk to somebody. I don't want to go to toilet. The day the word of God is being preached and you see me go to toilet, remind me. Unless I'm, I'm seriously desperate. I don't remember moving or going out or doing something when the word of God is being preached unless some emergency or whatever I don't I don't have that habit I believe in sitting and listening to the word of God until it's finished don't do anything else see I'm thirsty well drink water before the church before the word of God comes I'm sleepy drink coffee before you come to the house of God but when the word of God is being spoken be at attention. This is not just any word. This is the word which made you and me. This is the word of our God. We fear him. We love him. You know, soldiers stand at attention. For what? For their superior. A guy called a major jinn. Are we not going to stand at attention for the king of kings and the lord of lords? What are we teaching our children? Teach them. If you can't teach them anything else, teach them. Be careful with the word of God. Fear the word of God. It's very dangerous to play with the word of God. Listen attentively. This is not your teacher from school speaking. This is not even your prime minister or your king. This is the king of kings. This is the one of whom the Bible says, out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. Hallelujah. The word of God is a sharp double-edged sword piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
when God saw this man sleeping, not listening to his word, he was not happy. So he pushed him out of the window. So he could die and everybody wake up. Hallelujah. I'm sure after that, there was a fear of the word of God in the churches. Everybody spread the news. By the way, we had a guy who died. Spread the news. Breaking news. Amen. The apostle Paul prayed for him. Brought him back to life. The same preacher whom he was not listening to prayed for him and brought him back to life. Hallelujah. The man didn't listen to the apostle Paul. But God, the soul of this man listened to the apostle Paul when Paul prayed for him. How about that? The soul will listen when we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, bring the soul of this man back again so that he will hear the word of God and not play with the word of God again. Are you with me? I hope I'm scaring somebody never to sleep in the house of God. Pay attention when the word of God comes. Praise God. Because why else is this recorded in the Bible? God is trying to tell us. He takes his word seriously. I have seen people... And I'm very concerned in the church if I see people beginning to take the word of God lightly. Beginning to chat and do things. No, no, no. I, I will stop such a church and say, excuse me. No, no. Let's repent. We need to fear the word of God. Hallelujah. So, listen. The enemy will never fear us until we fear the word of God. Here is a quotable quote. A citable citation. The enemy will never fear us until we fear the word of God. Ah, are you with me? Let me repeat it a third time. The enemy will ne never fear us until we fear the word of God. Hallelujah. As we study and humble ourselves before the word of God, God himself sends his word out to subdue the enemies troubling us. As he did in the days of Jehoshaphat. As he did in the days of Jehoshaphat. Our problems will continue to threaten us as long as we do not submit to the word of God. I repeat again, is there anyone who does not appreciate and respect the power of rain and sunshine? You know, even evil people appreciate natural blessings from above, yeah? How much more ought we to appreciate and welcome the blessings that flow from the word of God? Amen. Let's turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 66 and verse 2. The book of Isaiah, chapter 66 and verse 2. I pray after this Bible study, there will be a newfound love for the word of God. There will be a new appreciation for the word of God. Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Whom does God look at? Whom does he concern himself with? The person who trembles at the word of God. Are you with me? Do we tremble at the word of God? When we hear the word of God, do we stand to attention and say, speak, Lord. For thy servant heareth. Amen. I recognize your voice, my shepherd. I love your voice. Praise God. May God give us a love for his word. In a world that does not love his word anymore. Mocks his word. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me 
speak about two kings and how they treated the word of God. Have you noticed so far I'm speaking about kings? The first king is King Saul. He hated the word of God. He rebelled at the word of God. And then there was a famine in his life for the word of God. God didn't speak by dreams or by Urim or Tumim or nothing. So he went to a witch. Then we have the next king, Jehoshaphat. A man who loved the word of God. And sent ministers throughout Judah to teach the word of God. And what is the result? The Bible says his enemies could not fight against him. And now let's come to another king. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 36, verses 21, 22, and 23. His name is Jehoiakim. Jeremiah, chapter 36, verses 21, 22, and 23. The Bible says, So the king sent Jehudi to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama, the scribe's chamber. And Jehudi read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Think about it. Jeremiah said, wrote down the word of God. He gave it to Baruch, the scribe. Baruch read it before the king, Jehoiakim. What did the king do? He took the scroll. He cut it with a penknife and he cast it into the fire. What was the result of burning the word of God that came through the prophet Jeremiah? Remember that Jeremiah prophesied at that moment that this king would be killed. That he would have no children to continue his legacy. And do you know what he even went on to say? He would not get a proper burial. Jeremiah chapter 36 and verse 30. Jeremiah 36 and verse 33. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. He shall have none to sit upon the throne of David and his dead body shall be cast out into the, in the day to the heat and in the night to the forest. Wow. Listen to this. Not long after, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, attacked Jerusalem and he killed Jehoiakim. Jeremiah foresaw his demise without the honor of a proper burial. He predicted that the people of Judah would refrain from lamenting for him. Nobody cried for him. Jeremiah prophesied that also. Instead, he anticipated being laid to rest like a donkey, dragged and cast beyond the gates of Jerusalem. That is what they did, brothers and sisters, with the body of this king. They dragged him and cast him beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Jeremiah prophesied this. That the lifeless body of Jehoiakim would be exposed to the harsh elements, enduring both the scorching heat of the day and the chilling frost of the night. According to Josephus, 
a historian who lived in the time of our Lord, he said that Nebuchadnezzar not only took the life of Jehoiakim and his high-ranking officers, but he also ordered Jehoiakim's body to be callously thrown outside the city walls and to be denied the dignity of a proper burial. Think about it. There is power in the word of God. And we would do well to tremble at the word of God. So, why did all of this happen to King Jehoiakim? Because he sat there and he cut up the word of God. He threw it into the fire. Brothers and sisters, our lives will only be as good as the honor that we show the word of God. Show me a person here who trembles at the word of God and I will show you a person who God loves and blesses. Show me a person who is careless, neglects the word of God or even hates it. And I will show you a person who has been set up for a terrible disaster. I don't want to die like Jehoiakim. I don't want to die like King Saul. I want to live like Jehoshaphat. I want to live like David. I want to live like Abraham. I don't want to be the one who falls down dead in the church because I was sleeping when the word of God was being preached. Because that is disrespect for the word of God. Sleep. What did Paul tell the church in Corinth? Have you not homes to eat your food? Why do you come to the Lord's supper, Lord's table? Dishonor the, word, the things of God. That's why some of you have become sick, he said. Some have died. God have mercy. Let's go back to trembling before the word of God. Let's go back to prostrating ourselves before the word of God. I always have noted that when the children of Israel were being warned by the prophet Jeremiah, who said that he wished his eyes were a fountain of tears, his head. He wanted to weep for the people of God. Nobody listened to him. They put him in prison. They troubled him. They laughed at the word of God. But you know what? After 70 years, when they had been punished, humble, the Bible says when Ezra opened the word of God, they stood up. Stood up. There was no mocker. There was nobody laughing. Sometimes God have mercy takes 70 years, a whole generation. For God to teach us to respect his word, to fear his word, to tremble at his word. I don't want to lose 70 many years. 70 years is a whole lifetime. I don't even want to lose seven years. Like King Nebuchadnezzar did. Because he forgot to praise God. Imagine losing seven, seven years. You don't know what happened in those seven years. What happened to me? You lost your mind. I don't remember anything. You know why? Because you didn't give the glory to Jesus. You didn't give the glory to God. I want to enjoy every day. I want to enjoy every moment of my life. Through the word of God. By worshiping him. By hearing his word and saying amen, amen. Amen, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I love your word, my God. Oh, I love your word, David said. Who loved the word of God more than David? Read the book of Psalms. It's the longest book in the Bible. God gave him the lion's share of place in the Bible. The longest book. He said, David, 
because you love my word so much? A man after my own heart? Ah, today we say the Psalms of David. And there were many other people who wrote the book of Psalms, including Moses, but we don't say the Psalms of Moses. You see, that's how much God loved David. That is how much God will love you and me if we love his word, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you love the Bible? Can I ask you to go and bring your Bible for a moment? Can I ask you to bless your Bible in Jesus' name? Can I ask you to hug your Bible? <laughs> kiss your Bible? I always kiss my Bible. Every day. When I read it, I kiss it. Thank you, Jesus. I love your word. It's my best friend. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Love your Bible. It's your best friend. It's the word of God. I put it on my head. <laughs> I kiss it. I thank God for it. Amen. There's nothing like the Bible. It's the number one bestseller. Till today. Tell all the professors that. Tell all the arrogant professors. You may write a bestseller. But what do you mean bestseller? The Bible is head and shoulders above every other book. Throughout time. There are many people who don't have one book. But the only book they buy is the Bible. Hallelujah. And these people are so envious of the Bible. Ah, why is this book, which belongs not even in the Middle Ages, before the Middle Ages, why is it still the number one bestseller in the age of rocket science and the age of artificial intelligence? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Heaven and earth will pass away. Open that book and read what it says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every nation as a witness. That's power, hallelujah. It's come true, hallelujah. Amen. But you know the books of professors? Within 20 years, forget 20 years, five years, they become old and they die. They get retired and they get dementia. But our God, hallelujah. Ah, he lives forever. His word is eternal. The flower fades, the grass withers. But the word of our Lord endureth forever. Hallelujah. Let's say the word of our God endureth forever. Ah, I want that word. Don't you want that word to fill you? Get soaked in the word of God. It will make you younger. Make you stronger. Hallelujah. How did Moses continue to be strong at the age of 120? Or Caleb or Joshua? Because they're filled with the word of God. Ah, hallelujah. The word of God made us. By the way. The word of God made us. And you know why we become old? Because God said so. His word said so. He said, the, your years will now be. Ah. And it was so. Only God can say live to 100. Or live to 500. Or live forever. It's the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And the word of God has promised us. We will live forever through Jesus Christ. Say, I will live forever. Through faith in Jesus Christ. No one will take that from you. Let's come to the last king. The last king. Was a good king. I should have called this message. The word of God and the four kings. But we don't need to make it fancy. Let's give the honor to the word of God. So the last king is King Josiah. Say with me King Josiah. What a wonderful name. What a wonderful man. Second Chronicles chapter 34. Verses 19, 20, and 21. Second Chronicles 34, 19, 20, 
and 21. The Bible says, excuse me for a quick second. The Bible says, 2 Chronicles 34, 19, 20, 21. It came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law. Somebody said the king heard the words of the law. That he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah and Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, and Abdon, the son of Micah, and Shaphan, the scribe, and Asiah, servant of the king, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah, concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. Amen and amen, King Josiah. You see, the opposite reaction to the word of God, to that of King Jehoiakim, was that of King Josiah. Josiah knew the word of God never returned empty to God. He knew when God speaks even the void Say with me, the void, the emptiness will respond. You remember what the Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 2? It says, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Listen, even emptiness responds to the word of God. Eh? Even the void responds to the word of God. So Josiah knew we are in trouble because God spoke. And nobody responded. Even the emptiness responds to God. How did we not respond? We are in danger, he said. Because God's word does not return void unto him. We are in trouble. God has not judged us. But judgment is surely coming. Because his word does not return empty back to God. He knew it was actually too late to try to implement the word of God at this late stage. So he only wanted to know the judgment of God. What kind of judgment is God going to unleash? He's the only one in Israel who knew not paying attention to the word of God has serious consequences, brothers and sisters. If we go days and days and months without reading the word of God, it has consequences. While King Josiah could not prevent the looming judgment of God, at least he managed to save his own soul. This demonstrates the principle that responses to the word of God is first individual before it is collective. Amen? We know this from the story of the people of Nineveh. These people collectively demonstrated fear when they heard the word of God. It says in the book of Jonah, and I will conclude with these verses from verse 6 to verse 9, the book of Jonah. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and satin ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. 
Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Praise God. God bless the people of Nineveh. God bless the king of Nineveh. We need to respond to the word of God, brothers and sisters. I want to conclude by reminding you the word of God is the word of God. We are not at liberty to treat the word of God the way we want. We are not at liberty to neglect it, ignore it. We have to give an account. The word of God made us. The word of God sustains us. In him we live and move and have our being. And the word of God will one day take our soul back to Jesus. The word of God is everything. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Verse 14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Whose glory? The glory of the word made flesh. There is only one glory. The word of God. His name is Jesus. When he returns, it, it will be written on him. The word of God. We live for the word of God. We breathe the word of God. For us, everything is the word of God. May God continue to make you a person who loves the word of God. May God Make you a person who is quick to hear the word of God. May you tremble at the word of God. May we, when we hear the word of God, something in us must want to rise up or fall down on the ground and say amen. Say amen. Always say amen at the word of God. Give response to the word of God. Hallelujah. And God will bless you. He will keep your enemies away from you. I am telling you, all my life, I serve God, I preach the word, and whenever I pray and I tell God, remember me, if I found favor in your eyes, please do this. He always hears me. He's always quick to hear me. So, respect his word. And he will respect you when you have problems. When you have a need, come to him. Say, Lord, have I not served you? Have I not trembled at your word? And now remember me, Lord. And the Lord will give you peace that passes all understanding. He will begin to work in your life. He is that kind of a God. He loves the people who tremble at his word. When King Josiah demonstrated this reaction, he made himself humble and fearful before the word of God. The opposite of Jehoiakim. What did Jehoiakim learn from Josiah? Nothing. Totally idiotic behavior. I'm telling you, I've seen people who there was a preacher in Norway. Listen to the story. It's a true story. The preacher is still alive. He's a one God believer. He was preaching the word and a person came at the back and began to just abuse the word of God. The person was even half drunk. And the preacher couldn't preach the word. So you know what happened? Suddenly the preacher, the spirit of God caught him and he told this man, you will die because you mocked the word of God. He fell down dead like Ananias and Sapphira. They just came to collect his body. 
The word of God is serious. I'm afraid when I see people who mock the word of God, blaspheme the word of God. Why do you want to fight God? Do you hate yourself? Let's fear him. Let's kiss the feet of the son. Let's kiss his word and say, let me cry at your word. You know, if I don't cry at the word of God once a week, I feel I'm in trouble. <laughs> when I prepare messages, I cry. The word of God is the only thing that can make me cry. It has that power. I can cry like a baby because I love it. I love its holiness. I love its truth. I love the way it resonates with my soul. There's nothing like the word of God. May we be the friends of the word of God forever. And Jesus will bless you. He will use you. He will make you to ride in the high places of the earth. He will be proud of you. May God be proud of you. Let us pray in Jesus' name. Jesus, I thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, David said, and a light unto my path. There's few people who have praised your word like King David. And that's why you are proud to take the title Son of David, although you are the root of David. This is how you love those who respect your word. I pray for all of us today, Jesus. I pray that we will love your word, Jesus. I pray, Jesus, that we will continue to love your word. Your word is special. We cannot imagine our lives without your word, Jesus. We have no identity outside of your word, Jesus. Your word means everything to us. I beg you, forgive us for the times we may have rebelled against your word, violated your holy ordinances. But you know we love your word, Jesus, and we want more than anything to obey everything in your, in your Bible, Jesus. Grant us this grace, I pray. I pray for our young people. I pray for those who mock your word, those who do not understand the origin, the source, and the power of your word. Grant them the spirit of Josiah, a tender heart, to hear your word, to seek your word, Jesus. I thank you that your word has been with us for so many years. It has indeed been a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In a world that is getting darker by the day, let your word shine ever more brightly, I pray you, Jesus. We bless your word. We thank you that you've not left us without instructions, without guidance. I praise your name. I magnify you. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me add before I conclude. I read somewhere once that a preacher preaching and said, when the Bible says that the word of God is profitable for correction, that word correction actually in Greek is where we get the word basically orthopedic surgery. Think about it. 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Think about it. So that word right there, correction, comes from the Greek word epanortosis. 
And in fact, when you even look at that word, you can see right in there the root of the word orthopedics, epanorthosis. So what this scripture is saying of this word is when you accept the word of God, it enters into you. The word of God goes and corrects. It's like, what does an orthopedic surgeon do? He actually corrects our bones. Yeah, bones that are fractured, bones that are broken. So the same word is used about the word of God. It enters into us. It does a bone operation, praise. It corrects our posture, that which is broken in us, that which is fractured. Wow. Let the word of God come into us. Let it do some surgery into us in Jesus. I need some bones to be corrected, Jesus. Hallelujah. May God correct all the bones in our body. May he be the orthopedic surgeon. Amen. Correcting wrong postures. Hallelujah. Fractures. Broken bones in our lives in Jesus. The word of God is profitable. Let's say it's profitable. Even to correct us. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't want twisted bones in our bodies in Jesus. May the surgeon, Jesus, may he enter into us and do some surgery. God bless you abundantly. We thank the Lord for all his blessings. And I'm just trying to wonder here where the recording is that I may switch it off. And God bless all the people over the, you know, wherever you are who may hear these audio recordings. Uh, we are close to now 70 countries that are hearing these recordings. What a blessing to be able to say the Lord honored us. He loves us because we love his word and he allows it to reach people in 70 countries. Imagine if we continue this way, I hope one day we will say we've reached all 193 countries in the United Nations. <laughs> Praise God. That would be wonderful. So that we can be a part of fulfilling the scripture, which says this gospel of the kingdom will be published in every nation as a witness. We are part of that.